uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. Hey, sorry about last week. I didn't drop an episode. Usually I give you a warning before I do that. I was planning, well, I didn't have a guest for last week, and then I was going to do an episode where I just rambled on about anything. I got halfway through that episode. I hated it. <laughs> so I, I scrapped it altogether. We got a lot to catch up on. Blink 182 caught them in action in Sydney two weeks ago. Friday night show, I think it was, or Saturday. Blew me apart. It was so good. It was so good to see Travis back in action, back behind the kit. Last time I saw Blink-182 was about 10 years ago and they had Brooks Wackerman from Bad Religion behind the kit. And while that was awesome, I still hadn't seen all three together as a band, as Blink-182. So it was so awesome. I tell you what, they sing so good together, Tom and Mark. You know, they get a bit of crap for for their live show, but this live show was amazing and uh, as good as you'd ever hear them. I was really, really impressed. I'm annoyed I didn't go twice, to be honest. I, I should have found a ticket somewhere along the line. But if you went twice right on to the show, let me know uh, how your experience was if you did get a chance to catch Blink-182 in action. This week, we have someone new. Well, a new interview of a person we've already had on the show. It's Darren Cordo from Kiss Chasey. He's also got a new band now called Daz and the Demons. Last time that we had him on the show, on the street press, we were chatting about this project and I don't think it was created yet. Uh, it was more of an idea at the time and I know that Kiss Chasey were about to play Good Things Festival. I think this was about 18 months ago or something like that. Well, the band is up and running, already done an Australian tour. Daz is obviously based in Los Angeles and they've already come out to Australia and he's planning on doing that again. Uh, at the time I recorded this interview, it was last Friday, so that was the day that the new single had come out as well, Ronnie the Louise, which is uh, really like a, I don't know, it's got a really dark meaning behind it, but it sounds so pop and cool. It's something you'll have to check out after you listen to this interview. So it was great to have Daz back on just to catch up. It's been very busy for him. I mean, with Kiss Chasey reforming, Kiss Chasey are also playing a festival, uh, I think it's next month. So Daz is like doing that 14-hour flight back and forth from Los Angeles a lot at the moment. And obviously this band, if you haven't heard of Daz and the Demons, that's what this podcast or this episode is all about. It's uh, sort of introducing them to you. Because I know that last time when we had him on, a lot of the Kiss Chasey fans wrote in. A lot of the Kiss Chasey fans dug that episode, which was really, really cool. It was one of the, the biggest episodes that I'd released up until that point. But I suppose this one's all about the new band and how it's going and how he's been, what he's been doing, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. This is Darren Cordo, the lead singer of Kiss Chasey and Daz and the Demons. Here he is. I can. How are you, man? Good, mate. How are you? Pretty good. Oh, that's good. It's all working. Cool. I, yeah. Have you done um, a few Zooms since your very first one with me? No, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> really? that's, uh, that's what took me so long to get onto the call because I, uh, 
I had to um, update it. It hadn't updated, so it just took like an, like a few minutes because it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, been on here for months. <laughs> oh, that's good. How you been? What's what's been happening this week? Oh, oh geez, I've been. Um, it's a lot of stuff actually. I'm kind of in that process. Um, you know, I go through like dry spells of writing, and then I'll have really fertile like spells, and so I'm coming into that like that fertile period now. So I've been in my studio a lot. Um, which has been nice because I haven't been in here, uh, uh, you know, a lot the, the months preceding this. So it's kind of like that feels good because I feel more like myself when I'm doing that, you know. Um, and then, yeah, I got a lot coming up. Like we got this, we just got asked to do this Kids Chasey shows in Melbourne that we're yeah, doing um, that. Yeah. in March. And so that's kind of, it just always throws a spanner in the works because it's kind of like, okay, like I've got to go to Australia for like a week and a half um, <laughs> and kind of, you know, brush up on these songs. Luckily we did that two or not too long ago. So it kind of, it's all pretty fresh still. It's nice. Obviously every, all songwriters have this period where they're going good or they're writing a lot and then they have the downtime. Do you get sad in that downtime when you're, or, you know, when you're not being that creative, you know, cause it can be annoying for creatives if they, if there's nothing there. What, 100%. I'm, <laughs> I mean, you ask, ask my girlfriend, she is constantly having to deal with it, whatever mood i mean you know it's it's it, it it's kind of just kind of like i just feel like an empty shell of of myself when when i feel like i'm doing what it is that i'm supposed to be doing which is music uh, everything that it's like roasting the glasses on everything everything looks the whole my whole life seems peachy you know mm. and but when i'm not in that headspace i find it really hard like I, you know there's the the, the the egotistical side of myself i find it really hard to like go out to shows and enjoy new music when i'm kind of like not feeling good about myself and i get jealous and i get you know in my head and and um it's not a pretty side of myself and it's a side of myself that i would love to to overcome um but i think you know the the, the best um medication for that is just for me to, to, to always just try and get up again to my studio and, and at least have a good work ethic whereas if I'm not feeling particularly uh you know creative still do something still just like listen to music absorb things or or you know go to an even like an art gallery or something that will just inspire me you know if not musically but visually it, it all kind of comes through this filter and it can work with my music in ways that, that, you know, you don't realize until later. So I think I always try that as I've gotten older, I've been like, okay, I don't always have to be writing music, but as long as I'm, I'm doing something that feeds me and feeds my soul and feeds my creativity, then, then, you know, it's a, it makes life better and B it kind of, you know, it pays dividends in the long run. You were talking about how you go to a show and you get annoyed that this, uh, that reminds me of like a, some kind of monster, the Metallica doco. Remember when Lars goes to watch the former bandmate's first gig in his new band and I remember him being like so annoyed like because they weren't writing at the same time. <laughs> That's how I saw that. <laughs> 100%. That documentary is so good. I was just talking to somebody about it the other day, you know, how like it's one of those documentaries like you don't even need to like the band, which I That's do, right. but, if, but, but, you know, it's just, it's just hilarious and it's an amazing document, you know. I was watching your one the other day, actually, because I interviewed Jai. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still have the DVD, and I found a DVD player somewhere in my house, and I was like, I've got to wire this up, and it still worked. And uh, that was a great little docker that was put together all those years ago with Kiss Chasey. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit embittered about that documentary because, and, and Jai will laugh at this, but I remember um, it came out just when we had, um, it was, it was it, the, the, 
the documentary itself was based around us releasing our first album and that kind of being the beginning of us kind of taking off a little bit and then um and all the drama that ensued i guess with that um and and then we released our second album just as that uh our like that documentary came out just before our second album came out and so i remember um after our second album had come out, which was our most successful album, um, we we got asked to um, attend the the Aria like um, nomination. Basically, when they announced the announcement, so you, they fly you up to Sydney and you sit there and they announce the nominees. So if you've been invited, that means you've been nominated. So we're like, oh, great, finally we're being nominated. Our first album got nominated. We were like breakthrough artist, the best artwork, and something else. And the second album, I was like, "Well, this is our this is our biggest album. Where you know, it's it's definitely like we've definitely taken a step forward. So I wonder what we're going to be probably best rock album or something. You know, we're going to be announced for the the arrogant side of myself was thinking <laughs> that. And then um, so we're sitting there waiting till we get you know for our announcement. And the only thing that we were nominated for was best documentary. And I was ah. so angry because I was because I was just kind of like. We had nothing. We had nothing to do with it. It's Jai's award, not our award. Yeah. So uh, I, got, I was, I was, I was fuming. I said, even if we get, even if we get nominated in the future, I'm not going to go to the announcement. It's, it's just too, it's so crushing. So yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good to have him on. And and like I said, I watched that doco. It was uh, far out. You guys are so young. When I watched that, I'm like, holy shit! You look like teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 my, my parents um, actually have a few copies of it, and uh, and when I when I was there last time with uh, my girlfriend, who um, she's American, and, and and we met over here, and Kiss Tracy didn't really do anything over here, so she had no idea, I guess, about my previous life. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So she, she came back and it was just when we had been announced on those good things shows and, and she, um, she uh, came and we did that one, uh, like a little, like, like show at the gem in Collingwood. It was like this, we just announced it on the day. It was like a warm up show, like a secret show that we just kind of announced on the day. And, um, and people, came out which well, I was shocked because I had no idea at that point I'd still we hadn't played since 2015 I had no idea what the musical climate was really in Australia because I hadn't been there and I didn't know if people still cared about us and so we got there and there's people lined up around the block and um and we played and it was this really kind of amazing energy where these people had been waiting and and it was the first time my American girlfriend uh had had seen anybody and this is just in this tiny pub but anybody look at me that way and she was like <laughs> after the show i kind of i i couldn't find her i was like i, I texted her and i said where, where are you and and she said i just i needed i needed to walk around the block i needed to take a moment and, and really <laughs> just like really kind of take this scene because i had no idea that you your your band and your music meant anything like it meant so much to some people you know yeah. and so and so she's obviously um kind of come to terms with that and, and now she I mean, obviously loves it and um but it, it was it was it was um a, a learning curve for her and then my parents made her watch sat her down and after that we did good things and so what happened was we did Mel- melbourne first and then i went up and did sydney and brisbane and while i was in sydney and brisbane my girlfriend had stayed with my my parents down in melbourne and so while she was staying with them they made her watch the, like the documentary i'm like don't 
don't feel pressured to watch the documentary if you don't want to. She's like, no, I want to watch it. I'm like, okay, you can watch it. Um, and and she was just kind of yeah blown away. And 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 also like what you said, she was like, you just look like you're a baby. You know, yeah. it was it was like a lifetime ago. I know, ages ago. Geez, that would have been yeah. a funny experience, a strange one for her though. Like just to to experience that, I can understand why she'd probably want to go for a walk around the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, what was it like it was jumping b- back in the saddle and doing Kiss Chasey again? I know, you, obviously. Last time we spoke, we were talking about it, gearing it up. Um, it was a couple of weeks out or maybe a couple of months out from good things. Um, what was it like to be back up on stage with Kiss Chasing? It was actually amazing. It, it, it was, I was apprehensive at first. I, you know, and I think I've probably uh, maybe talked to you in a, in a previous podcast about this, but, you know, I, I like to, as a songwriter, um, you know, uh, and it's just a person. I like to look forward. I don't like to, to rest mm-hmm. on my laurels too much. And um, and it it was it was only until this last kind of like eighteen months that really um, I, I just kind of opened that um, catalog back up. Partly because I was forced to because we we're playing again. Yeah. Um, and 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 looked at it through a different lens and kind of embraced it. And it's like, wow, we got to do something that so many people like most people will never get to do and and you know especially now it's harder and harder to be somebody's favorite band because Mm. there's just you might have someone's favorite song for a few days and but it's harder it's so much harder to hold people's attention in the way that our band was able to do because of the because of the musical climate at the time and just the way society worked um and so the fact that we still hold that place for so many people i've really come around to and embrace it and and so when we got up on stage and played in front of people um and it got the reaction that we did it was just kind of it it was just cool to relive those songs through people who've been waiting for it and and it it brought a gravity to it and 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 a new appreciation to it from my end um and so it was incredible and also just playing with those dudes i mean like we played together for so long it was crazy because we got into rehearsal room prepared to have to rehearse a lot yeah. and we banged through the set and we're just kind of like should we do it again or can we just leave it because that just felt so good yeah. like it, it was crazy how well it just came back together and you know hearing carl the way he hits the drums i mean i've played with a lot of drummers since you know and uh and nobody attacks him quite the way he does and it was just like wow this is a real rock and roll drummer a real, a, a real rock and roll band and i think a lot of people that gets lost in translation through our recordings because we do have obviously the poppier stuff and the hookier stuff, but you see us live and it's like, it's just like a, we, we don't, we're very like meat and potatoes, rock and roll, roll band. We've got two guitars, a bass player, a drummer. We don't have any sound effects, no tracks in the background. We just get together and blast it out. You would have looked in the audience and not only are you guys getting older, but uh, the, the audience must, you know, they were probably teenagers when they were watching you and they're all like yes. probably got families and stuff now. So that's funny. Well, that was the cool thing as well was that there was definitely those people, but then there was like this new generation of people who came as well who had um, heard about us either through their, you know, maybe parents or even through bands that they loved who mentioned us as their influence. And so we had these people who were like, yeah, I never got to see you at when you were around because I was still too young to go to shows. But yeah. finally when you did this tour, I, I, we could come and see you now and it was a cool feeling. So it was definitely like a nice breadth of people. Definitely those old school fans are there. But there's this whole new generation which was so exciting to me that we, we, we could still, um, you know, uh, mean something to this this new generation of music lovers. It was so cool. 
Last time we had a chat, we were talking about this band that was in the works at the time. Like uh, you were working on this whole new thing. This uh, Daz and the Demons, it's a whole thing. Now you've got the band together. You've had four released singles. Actually, today in Australia, your song's already out. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if, when this podcast is going to go out, but if it's going to go out like um, soon, then yes, that's right. Today it's, uh, it's it's out. So in America, it's tomorrow. I've heard it 20 times already, all the way down the M1. I tell you what, it repeats well. <laughs> It repeats yeah, so yeah. well. Just as it fades out, it starts again running the way. Uh, <laughs> who are the people you're talking about in the song? So that that, that song is actually um, it was inspired by a uh, the song's called Ronnie and Louise, by the way, and, and it's inspired by a. Um, the, I mean, the names are fictional, but it was yeah. inspired by an article that I read. I um, mean, it's a pretty dark story, but it was basically about this kind of Instagram famous couple who went on a. Uh, a camping trip and then like he came back alone and there was all this suspicion as to what happened to her and then kind of he went missing and turned out that he had killed her and he went and 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 then killed himself wow. and it was it was a kind of dark tale and and so um I was just kind of it made me think about you know modern romance and this whole kind of like veneer of happiness that we put on through these screens and 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 you know Look at us, we're so happy and, and, and really there's this dark undertone to it. And I think the music itself reflects that. It's not necessarily a, a sad-sounding song, but when you when you dig beneath the surface, you can hear that, that what's, there's something, you know, heavy going on. And, and I, I always like that with any art form. I think there's, you know, there's always that, even that scene in like Reservoir Dogs where that guy's like, you know, I think Mr. White, he's listening to um, Stuck in the Middle, Oh, yeah. By Steeler's wheel, and he's like cutting that guy's ears off, and in in there's just like this juxtaposition of, yes. of of like you know the violence, but also this this sunny happy song. And I've always been drawn to that. I like balance, and I like I like juxtaposition in art. You know, that is a perfect example of it because that's how it sounds. I mean, I'm just sitting there, just <laughs> driving along the freeway, <laughs> just listening to this song, and it sounds so sweet, so cool. Um, and, and yeah, you don't realize that it's got such a dark sort of side to it. Yeah, and that's what I kind of liked about it because I thought, you know, people don't realize that straight away. Although we played in um, at a place called Zebulon recently and I had some friends come up um, and, and one of them, she, she knew straight away, she was like, Ronnie Louise, is that like, a, is that about a murder-suicide? And I said, wow. you're the first person who got yeah, that. That's, I, I, that's very cool. That somebody, so some people some people can feel it, but, I, but for the most part, yeah, I've had to explain. If you're going to try and get some Kiss Chasey fans over to Daz and the Demons and get them listening as well, I suppose the differences between the bands, well, they are quite different. Um, you've dropped the distorted guitars, it seems. You, you've gone a bit clean with the guitars with this new project. Yeah, I think, I think um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I've, had, I've put out so much music with, with, um, with distorted guitars that uh that it's nice to just to, to, to change it up and show a bit of versatility i think um it's still my voice and there's still my my approach to songwriting is always the same whereas like i i'll sit down with the guitar and i come up with a melody that that, that resonates with me um and, and a story that resonates with me and then i start to record it and put it down that way but but what has changed i guess is um is the outfit a little? I think the 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 outfit that the, the songs wear, um, you know, you don't want to wear the same clothes every day, and so it, you know, I, I listen to so much different music, and so you know, I dug back into the into the the history books a little bit, and you know, like Ronnie Louise to me sounds a little bit like 
Buddy Holly meets The Cure or something. There's there's a little bit of like 80s synth in there, but there's also a bit of like old 50s, 60s rock and roll to it. And and yeah, I just wanted to, to toy with that and, and, you know, have me be the anchor, but see what else I can do uh, sonically with it. And so it was a chance for me to, to um, branch out in a way that I could never have done with Kiss Chasing because Kiss Chasing was so steeped in its sound, which I'm proud of. But um, but but Desna Demons is a chance for me to kind of like you know see where else I can take it, and because it's Daz and the Demons is my my thing, then it can grow with me, and I can and I can um, you know it, it, and and change it can evolve, and so it's funny that you say that because I just started writing some new material, uh, and it's definitely got some more distorted guitars in it, so <laughs> I, it, it's it's uh, definitely not something I'll be uh, you know running away from for too long. The sound of the band, it's like it does, it reminds me of like late 60s, early 70s sort of stuff, but it's still very fresh and new and it sounds great. Who are your inspirations? What am I hearing coming out of you with this project? There's so much. I mean, like I, I love, you know, even with during Kiss Chasey days, I was I was always listening to a lot of the bands like, you know, Teenage Fan Club and, and Big Star. And I mean, obviously I, growing up, my favorite artists were like old 50s artists because that's what my parents listened to. So I loved uh, Buddy Holly. I loved Bill Haley in the Comets. And then I also loved 60s. Like I loved the Beatles. Roy Orbison was like number one to me because um, my dad is a singing teacher and his voice actually sounds a lot like Roy Orbison's. So that, that artist holds a really, you know, is really close to me. And so I, I, I kind of wanted to have this project that, that, you know, reflected all those things that, that, that my musical lineage and journey, you know, um, and so I kind of, whereas Kiss Chasey was like a, a, a slice of time and, and definitely reflective of the music I was listening to at that time, this project takes into account stuff I'm listening to now but stuff I was also listening to throughout my whole life and 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 kind of um and and being able to kind of put that out in a way that that is cohesive and that was the hardest thing it was kind of like once I once Kiss Chasey was kind of winding down I was like okay what do I do now I listen to so much different music uh how do I distill this into one thing uh, you know I, I could go this way I could go any number of ways and so it took me a long time to kind of you, you go through so many iterations of something. You can throw so much paint against um, a wall until a, a clear picture kind of starts to appear. And so for this project, they always say, like, easy reading is damn hard writing. And I think it's the same thing with music. It, it took me so long to come up with something simple. <laughs> yeah, okay. and, and I had to try so many different things. And then finally I, you hit this formula, like this, 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 this like, recipe where it's like, oh, Something clicks and it just works, and that, that's what happened with Daz and the Demons. And I can't tell you exactly what it was. I just, I just knew it was like, okay, this is the sound, and it, and it does reflect me as a whole, as opposed to me as a as a fraction. You know, I first heard you guys live just through Instagram. I think it was Jai posted something, and the room was packed too. Like, and uh, I heard one of your other singles, and that's when I was like, oh, I got to get Daz back on because I said we we're gonna chat Daz and the Demons, but. You're in LA, right? How how have the crowds been? They've been great. It's, it feels very um, communal here. It's a great, like you know, music community here, and it feels like it almost feels like the early days of Kiss Chasey, where we would play and the audiences would get bigger, and then this, there's this buzz that was happening. And so, you know, it, it's it's weird for me to say that this is early days because I'm so much older now, but mm. it does feel like that. It's kind of, it's, you know, we've been playing these shows and more and more people are coming in and, and we're getting this great response. And 
And, you know, so I guess, you know, hopefully the next step is to kind of take that outside of our community and see what we can do with it next. And um, and we got to do that actually last year. We did come to Australia because um, uh, his Chasey's amazing booking agent, Casey, is um, booking uh, Desert of the Demons as well. And so she got us on this this um, this run of shows um with uh, Sly Withers and Tiger's Jaw yeah, nice. uh, and Susie, a bunch of great bands that, you know, kind of like in Kiss Chase as well, but also not quite, you know, and so it was a, it was a chance for us to come out and, and play in front of people who might, you know, respond to the new project, but also know who the old project is. So it was, it was a nice kind of like hybrid run of shows. And, um, and, and, that, and that was great too, to come out. And, and I took three of the, the members here uh, no, two two of the American members with me, and it was their first time in in Australia, and they and it was kind of like a baptism by fire because they'd never been to Australia, and we spent like ten days basically going from the Gold Coast to Sydney to Melbourne to Fremantle, and then back to Queensland. We played in Brisbane, and they had such a great time, and the crowds were great, and um, and it, it was really exciting to kind of you know be able to do a run of shows that early on in a band's um kind of yeah i was gonna say uh, we, we're only talking about you forming the band like 18 months ago and you've already done a tour of australia <laughs> yeah i know i know it's like you know they're the kind of things it's kind of like they are the benefits of having you know uh worked as long and i guess as hard as i had yeah. with the old band is that, that those things you know do do to pay off when it comes to trying something new you know and, uh, and i've got this amazing relationship with apple engagement she's so good and and, and she just you know, we talked about it when I saw her for the Kiss Chasey shows. I was like, yeah, cool. Like, if you, I sent her the album. She loved it, the Death and the Demons album. And, and she was uh, basically, you know, in L.A., you kind of get used to people like, yeah, we should do something together, you know. But in <laughs> Australia, if people say it, they mean yeah, it. And so she was yeah. like, yeah, I dig this. I want to work with you. And then basically once I got back to America, like off the plane, I, or I had an email from her going, I've got this tour for you. You're coming, you're coming back. And uh, so that was great. How are you going with the flights back and forth? It's like fourteen hours. Oh, God, yeah, I know. It's it's the, 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 it seems like they're coming more frequent. Like last year, I was I was you know. Uh, Your family must be stoked, though. They are yeah, actually. That's great, and it makes it all worthwhile as well. It's kind of like if not just for the shows, but the fact that they get to see me, and I you know, and I and I make the most of it. It's kind of like even when I was living in Australia. It, it was kind of like I would see my family, but I would probably take it more for granted. So now when I come back, at any moments that I'm not performing, I'm, I'm there with them and I'm, I'm really, you know, and I'm asking them questions that I never used to. I'm like, Dad, where did you used to take mum when, like, you guys were just, like, going out? Where would you, what were your favourite restaurants? So, like, I just asked them questions mm. that I never thought to ask when I had them around me all the time. And so the, the, the time that we spend now is, is such – you know, such high quality time. And, and, and so that's the thing that I'm, I, I really am grateful for that I can go back and get paid to um, spend time with the people that I love most. Yeah. Absolutely living the life at the moment. And uh, are you working on, I know you do some work for other people. Uh, yes. Sometimes, sometimes your, your name might not be attached to it, but if you look in the fine print on the show credits, uh, on the, on the song credits rather, you can see Darren's name. Who are you working with at the moment? Um, it's cool actually. I just worked with this guy. Um, he used to play in a great rock and roll band called The Shrine. Um, he goes under the name Stolen Nova right now. He, he's doing some really cool stuff, and we just um, worked on a song of his that I think is going to be really cool. 
Um, Georgia Mack from Camp Cope. She, I had her at the studio. Oh, yeah. um, um, she's working on an album, and I think a song that we started together is going to get wind up on the album. So that's very cool. I had um, Maz from the band Wax and and um, Jenna from from Tonight Alive, which is now she's performing solo under the name Heaven She. Um, we wrote some cool stuff together recently. Uh, so yeah, it's just here. It's just kind of it's it's kind of like just always trying to be working um if not on my own stuff just flexing that muscle musically and 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 and, you know reaching out to this amazing community that i've that i've got around me here not only in la but yeah yeah you've got incredible credible people around you and you're getting asked to work with some of the best musicians that we've got here especially in you know said the the pop punk or the rock genres in, in australia too so it's an amazing spot to be in Daz and the Demons has a record coming out, and that's going to be in April, right? So there's, we've heard that's four. Right. I'm guessing there's yep. four more. <laughs> that's right. The album's called. I, I I didn't want to beat around the bush. I you know so again simplicity sometimes the hardest thing, but um I wanted to call the album what it is. So there's eight songs in the album, and so the album is called Eight Songs, and that's. Uh, <laughs> I thought it, when I read that it said eight songs coming out in April or whatever, and I was like. Oh, okay. He hasn't got to come up with a, with a name, name for it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. It's a little uh, homage to um, Paul Westerberg from The Replacements. He had an album, solo album called 14 Songs. And so I thought I just wanted to make a lazier version. <laughs> and so eight songs it is. Um, but, yeah, so that's so we're going to do the four singles and then, uh, and then the, the album drops um, on April 5th and uh, we're going to launch here on the 6th. Um, and then hopefully more shows in Australia is the plan. Yes, that'd be good. And then we can catch up, have yeah. a beer in Sydney. Would love that. <laughs> um, let's end on Taylor Swift. Okay. Is it crazy over there or what? Right. So she's here, right? She's in Sydney. Yes. She's playing tonight. She's going to be playing to like 80,000 people and there's going to be a thunderstorm apparently. So good luck. Um, yeah. It's just crazy. Everyone you talk to, everything you listen to, turn on the TV, she's just everywhere. Is that what it must be crazy in America? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, she is a true pop culture phenomenon. Like we're mm. we're living at a time where this person lives, you know, and it's like this, and he's and he's. It's kind of like you know when when the Beatles are doing their thing. It's just like yes. this whole. It's like a. It's like a. Everyone's everyone's caught up in it, and I think you know in Australia, I think it's it's probably even a bigger deal because you know there's not as many people there, and and so when ninety six thousand mm. Australian go to a show that's a huge percentage of the country going to one show you know um but but so so i i think you know i'm not in australia right now but i but the way people are talking about it i feel like it's it's you know it's even more concentrated there because here there's she's taylor swift is definitely Mm -hmm. massive um and and the biggest pop star that america has but there's also so much other stuff going on. I'm glad you used the comparison with the Beatles because I was down the pub and I was talking to a couple of blokes and I said, you know, we're living in such a weird time. Like this is something else. This isn't just this. This is the a level that no one's ever seen before and it's very yeah. much like how the Beatles came here and I got laughed at and I was like, no, I'm telling you, in 20, 30 years, if Taylor decides to throw it in the bin – You'll yeah. look back and go, that was that was crazy. Like it's phenomenal. yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's a, it's it's definitely like a, it's it's something that as a society we all uh, yeah definitely witnessing and feeling. And I, I think it's definitely on par with that that when the Beatles were around for sure. Yeah. 
There you go. A couple of punks just talking about Taylor Swift to, uh, <laughs> to, to end the podcast. Darren, thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, like like we were talking about, Ronnie Louise, the new single by Daz and the Demons is out. You've got to go and check the band out. I know that there's probably a lot of people listening right now because you're in Kiss Chasey, but the new band is fantastic. You're doing great things and uh, can't wait to see you back out for your second Australian tour already. Uh, I hope it, yeah, I really hope it's going to be sooner. Definitely at some point in 2024 is the plan. Brilliant. All right. Thanks, Daz. Cheers, man. All right. Sweet, mate. Yes, there he is, Darren Cordo. Always good to have a chat with him. He's back on the podcast for the second time. Don't forget, check out the band Daz and the Demons. If you're a Kiss Chasey fan, it's a pretty easy transition to uh, listen to his new band. It's uh, they're, they're great. They really are good, and it'll be awesome when they come back to Australia and we can all sing, dance, and party. All right, time for this. This is the part of the show where you write on in. It's called Letters. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. I've also got the link in the show notes below this episode. So click on that. You write a letter in. I might read it out. To be honest, it's had a 100% hit rate. Anyone who has ever written into the show, I have read their letter out. Uh, so this week it's from Aaron Salmon. He says, oh, this is about the Will Wagner episode from the Smith Street Band. I've got a lot of videos up on YouTube at the moment. We have just like absolutely flooded YouTube at the moment. So if you want to check out the Street Press YouTube page, you want to see the interviews instead of just listening to them, uh, you can do that at the YouTube page. And Aaron has written in, he says, I've been in Will Wagner's corner for a very long time, just quietly rooting for him. And I'm hoping that he's found happiness and it looks like he has. I think you're right, Aaron. He's a, he's a married man these days. He is a father now. He's just had a daughter. That episode where we had him on was really great. Uh, he really opened up about, uh, you know, a lot of things, not only about the band's successes and, you know, the knockbacks and stuff like that, but also the, uh, the problems or the demons that he's faced in his own life. So that was a really insightful episode. Thanks for writing in, Aaron. If you want to write a letter in, go to thestreetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Oh, that's right, my band, the Ritzy Kids. We are playing a show at the Long Jetty Hotel. We are the main support for a band called Stone Lions. They're wicked. I'd like to get them on the podcast one day. I reckon they'd be cool bunch of local guys in a pop punk band uh i think they were signed to p records at one point so you know that actually works in line with uh smith street band i think they were on the same label once upon a time anyways <laughs> i digress uh yes the ritzy kids my band you can check us out on spotify we are supporting stone lines the 22nd of march or come and check us out if you haven't already uh we've also got you know, we're going to be working on more songs, more singles for the rest of this year. And we've also got a really kick-ass show coming up in Sydney. It's going to be the biggest show I reckon we've ever played. And it's at one of the coolest venues that I never, ever thought that we would ever get the chance of playing at. So, uh, yeah, that's the end of this episode. Hopefully I've got another episode for you next week. Once again, like I said at the top, I apologize for not dropping one last week. It's very rare that I miss an episode. But I want to have your ears here next week. Same time, same place. Till then, have a great week. Ta-da. Ta-da.